Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. To the Faith Over Fear podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery, and I'm an author, a speaker, a ministry leader, and I am passionate about helping people become everything they were created to be, really helping them live in freedom, because life is much too short, and we have too much to do for any of us to live enslaved. Now, you can find me online at jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram by searching my name. And my Twitter handle is Jen Slattery. You can find my ministry, Holy Love Ministries, at holylove.com. Now, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy love, because we are fully, completely known. Everything about us, even our deepest, darkest secrets, our greatest regrets, and our most pervasive fears. And yet we are completely and deeply loved. The more we learn to live in and grasp that truth, the more courageous we become. Everything changes when we're immersed completely in God's love and grace. We become unstoppable. We're empowered to launch ministries, to transform lives, and we experience ever-deepening freedom. Scripture tells us that perfect love casts out fear, and we know that God loves us perfectly. So that means the closer we grow to Him and the more we soak in His love and truth, the weaker our fears become. Really, the more we come to know Him, who He is, what He's done, and what He's promised. Only in Him can we find the power to choose faith over fear. So now, before I start, I have to give you a little bit of a warning here. If you are looking for a perfect polished podcast, this one is not for you. I will probably stumble over my words. I'll probably, on occasion, forget what I'm going to say, and there might be a really long, awkward silence. Use that as an opportunity to get up, get a new cup of coffee. I might say things. In fact, I probably will say things that on occasion that you disagree with, and that's okay. I don't know all the answers, and I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I do know where to get the answers, and that's in Scripture and through prayer, my relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's where you're going to find answers as well. He will give you, seek Him out, and He will give you everything you need to live a victorious life. For the next 10 or so episodes, we're going to be talking about fear what it looks like, how it holds us back, how God longs to empower us to move forward in faith. And today, we're specifically starting with the only place courage can be found, and that's in Jesus Christ, our relationship with Him and our knowledge of Him and everything that He's promised. God has more planned for you, really for all of us, than we can ever imagine. And he'll empower and equip us to do absolutely everything our faith prompts us to do. All he's asking is that we trust him, that we trust him and surrender daily. Just trust and surrender, trust and surrender, and repeat again and again. Fear holds us back. It keeps us in bondage. It hinders our relationship with God and others, and it makes us 
risk adverse and and therefore less likely to accept opportunities and and become everything that God created us to be. It it hinders us from experiencing the filled to overflowing life that Jesus promised in John 10 verse 10. Gary Barkalow from Noble Heart Ministries, you can find him at nobleheart.com. He has a lot of material related to discovering your calling, and I, I recognize you check it out. And in his material, he says that we are the only ones in the spiritual realm who underestimate the power of our lives. I'm going to say that again, and I encourage you to pause and just really think about this statement for a minute. We are the only ones humans in the spiritual realm who underestimate the power of our lives. God knows who we can become. He created us with a very specific and amazing and glorious purpose in mind. And he's prepared to do everything within and through us to lead us to perfect that which concerns us. But we have an enemy as well. And the Bible calls this enemy Satan. And he also knows everything that Christ can do through us. The, the lives that will change, the impact we'll have, the healing we'll help initiate, and the, the ministries that will be launched if we fully surrender to Jesus Christ and live out who he created us to be. And therefore, the devil is, is terrified. So he's doing everything he can to hold us in bondage and render us ineffective. He lies, he distracts, he discourages, he deceives and defeats, and he seeks to destroy us. He whispers lies like, don't do that. You'll fail. Oh, no, don't accept that opportunity. You'll you'll look like an idiot. You'll blow it for sure. And, and do not, absolutely, whatever you do, don't release the death grip you've maintained on your life. You have to stay in complete control always, he tells us. Otherwise, everything will fall apart. You'll never recover. But each of those lies directly contradict everything we know to be true about God. Worse, they steal our focus and our energy. They keep us so obsessed on all the what-ifs running through our heads, we don't have time for anything else. They steal our energy. They steal our sleep. They rob us of deep relationships. Our fears are perhaps the most destructive force in our lives. I'm going to say that again. Our fears are perhaps the most destructive force in our lives. But we don't have to live that way. We don't have to live fearful and insecure. If I were to ask a large group of women what their fears were, I would probably get a variety of answers. Fear of loss, of death, of failure, maybe of being alone, maybe of pain. But if we were to dig deep, each of those fears would boil down to a core need, maybe the need for significance, the, the need for love, to belong, the need for acceptance or for security. But here's the deal. God created each of those needs within our hearts, and he created them with a very specific purpose, to draw us to him, to encourage us to lean into him, and to draw us to others so that we would build relationships and so that we would find everything we need in him and the things of him. The problem comes when we try to fill those needs in our own strength and in our own wisdom. That, that never works. 
So we're left with a string of failures and regrets and and hurts. And I think that's why we often become more fearful when we get older. Kids tend to be fear, fearless. Now, if you have a toddler, have ever had a toddler, then you likely know how true that is. They climb on everything and they have they don't think about fear of harm fear of rejection fear of failure they just want to keep moving forward keep growing keep learning and they just when they go to a park they run up to new kids and they're like hey you want to be my friend and if you tell them you're going somewhere you're going to take them somewhere they don't they don't worry about if you're going to pack their diaper bag or if you've brought enough snacks. They don't worry about if you have enough gas to get them there and back or how you're going to pay for the gas. They trust you. They're completely trusting because they know you're going to take care of them. It doesn't even enter their mind that you might not. They completely trust you. When our daughter was young, maybe three or four years old, we lived in Southern California and we wanted to do, we wanted to paint our living room and our dining room. And I saw something, I guess maybe in a magazine, I don't know. And I wanted this accent wall and I thought wine would be pretty. I wanted a, uh, my accent wall to be wine. And then I wanted the surrounding walls to be just this really faint blush, almost that you could almost not tell, just a really light blush. And so we hired some people. They came to, to paint, and they just happened to arrive the morning I was scheduled to meet people at Disneyland. So I'm like, yep, go ahead, get going. I will come see you when I get back. Well, I got back to find pink walls. I'm talking Barbie doll pink. And at first I'm like, okay, it's just not fully dried. When it dries, it'll, it'll light up. And I kept waiting, and I kept waiting until finally I was like... Yeah, we have pink walls. But, you know, I kind of, we just left it because, one, we'd spent a lot of money to get the walls painted, and, and two, it would have been a lot of work. We had really, really, really high ceilings, and I just wasn't, neither my husband or I were in a mood at that point to invest in a major painting project. But then it came time for us to move, and we realized we would not sell our house with Barbie doll pink walls. So, but again, we didn't want to spend more money. We'd already wasted a chunk and we had a lot of other projects that we had to take care of. So I'm like, okay, I'll take care of it while, while Ashley, that's my daughter's name, while she napped. She, she was taking some pretty long naps, so that was pretty awesome. So I pulled out this ladder. It was massively high and I get to painting and I would, and one day I went outside. I don't remember. I was probably working in the yard. I'm not sure. And I came back in and my daughter was like, mama, look climb so high and you know she was so excited about how high she could scale that ladder and she didn't stop to think about what might happen if she were to fall like I said that ladder was really high and she was not all that tall and she really wasn't all that agile she didn't think about that if she fell she could break her bones maybe even her neck she just saw an adventure and she took it like I said kids tend to be Fearless, which is not always a good thing. But then we get older, we get wiser, and unfortunately, we become more afraid because we've experienced hard 
things. We've been betrayed. We've endured loss and disappointments. We've gone through bouts of unemployment, maybe maybe foreclosures, and we've experienced severe health challenges, or maybe those that we love have. And few of us have learned to process those things through the lens of Christ, through his grace and power and truth. Our fears and our doubts reveal what we truly believe about God, about his power, his character, his heart, and his ability and his desire to care for us. I'm going to say that again. Our fears and doubts, they reveal what we truly believe about God, about his power, his character, his heart, and his ability and his desire to care for us. So this means when fears rise up, they're an indication we've either embraced a lie or we haven't fully embraced a truth. So in my high school years, in my late teen years, I went through a period of homelessness. And and as a result, I knew what it was like to be food insecure. I knew what it was like to be to feel lonely and helpless and to wonder where my next meal would come. I knew what it was like to to be frightened. And and when I became an adult, I never wanted to feel that way again. I never wanted to land in that place again. And so out of fear, I controlled every aspect of my life. And so, like, I would watch our budget. And it wasn't enough that we just stayed on budget. We had to have every dollar to the penny or I grew incredibly anxious. And it wasn't enough that I just had groceries in my pantry. I had to have it, like, completely stocked. And, in fact, I at one point, I had eight jars of peanut butter. I'm not kidding. Eight jars of peanut butter in our pantry because I guess one wasn't enough. And then for my marriage, that I had that down. I, I controlled every aspect of that as well. If we had so many date nights and so many conversations and went to so many Bible studies, then then my husband would never leave me. And, and then my parenting, I controlled that as well. And so long as we had the appropriate amount of family time and family devotions, then my daughter would never feel the emotions that I felt. That was not living. That was far from freedom. Praise God, he intervened. Like he often will when we're headed towards self-destruction. And he did it by allowing me to land in one of my biggest fears. And that was unemployment. It was my husband's. And he was the sole breadwinner. And so that resulted, that that period of unemployment resulted in a lot of upheaval, a lot of transition that God used to bring all of my fears, really the roots of my fears to the surface, so that he could begin to replace them with truth. And one of the biggest ways he did that was by carrying me through that time. And he showed me that he... Not my my husband and and not my husband's job and not my stock pantry, but ultimately he showed me that he was our provider. And that gave me the peace to surrender and to really rest. When life hits hard, we have a choice. We can stay 
stuck in the hard. We can hide ourselves away. We can live in self-protection and we can watch as our, our world and our impact shrinks. And I, that's how I lived when I was during my homeless period, because though I was a believer, I, I had the salvation piece. I didn't have any other, it was like I hadn't really grown in Christ and I certainly wasn't walking with him. And so I just stayed stuck. I didn't know how to filter what I was experiencing through his lens and truth. And I for sure didn't seek his will. I'm certain everything would have been different had I done that. But then when I went through, when we went through my husband's unemployment period, I chose to process it differently. And I chose to draw closer to God through that time and to seek his truth and his wisdom. And because of that, he used that event that could have increased my fears and left to increased bondage, he used it to bring about deep freedom. We can prayerfully analyze our situations and our feelings in light of everything we know to be true. And when we do that, we can grow stronger in our faith and our relationship with Christ and others. We will not overcome our fears in our own strength or by focusing on our problems or even amassing a string of successes and affirmations. The only way we'll move from from fear to faith is through Christ, through our relationship with him, through our reliance on him and our knowledge of him. In John 17, verse 3, shortly before he died, Jesus said, now he was praying to God the Father. He said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, when you read this verse in context, you'll recognize that the life he was referring to, he wasn't talking about just when we kind of, our time on earth ends and we graduate into heaven, if you want to phrase it that way. He was talking about a life that starts here and now, that is characterized by joy and peace and emotional and spiritual vitality. And how do we get that life? By knowing Jesus Christ and the one who sent him. Now, the word he used for knowing here, it's gnosko in the Greek, and it has the connotation of a, of a knowledge gained through personal experience and through relationship. So what that means, it's as we grow closer to Jesus Christ, it's like all of those truths that we read about in Scripture, that God is all-knowing, all-loving, faithful, sovereign, and attentive, all of those truths, it's like they begin to play out in our lives. And our lives create what I like to call object lessons that help us see just how true those truths are. And then they, they tend to sink in on a really deeper, deeper level, and that's when we begin to own them. We embrace life, all we were meant to experience, all we were meant to become, all God created us to be through our personal knowledge of Christ in our ever-deepening relationship with him. There's a verse I love, and for a long time it actually really confused me, but it's Proverbs 3, 7 to 8, and it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to to your bones. Now, for a long time, this this verse confused me. I'm like, okay, why are we supposed to fear a loving, merciful God? And how can doing that actually nourish and and strengthen us and bring health to us? But then I looked at this word fear, and I, I looked at the original Hebrew word for it and the different meanings that it can contain. And really what he's saying here is, what scripture is saying, the more we 
we we respect and hold God in awe. The, the the deeper our reverence and awe for God, and our the deeper our understanding of Him, which is where our, our reverence comes, the more we discover health. And I know my wisdom, and I got to tell you, it, it gets me in a lot of trouble, and therefore it creates more fear because it creates past experiences that hinder my courage and past regrets like we talked about earlier. But the more I get to know who God is, both through reading scripture and then just watching him, all of the ways that he shows up in my life, all of the things that he does in my life, the more I come to see that he truly is all-knowing, all-loving, faithful, attentive, and true. And so here's what that means. Him being all-knowing. He knows everything I've done in the past. He knows every mistake I'm going to make in the future. He knows every problem that's going to hit me ever. He knows precisely where every single one of my poor decisions will lead. He's all-knowing. Nothing takes him by surprise. And he invites me to seek his wisdom. So he will impart his all-knowing, perfect wisdom To me, that's a promise he made. He's all powerful. He created every galaxy. He created the entire universe. If we just think of how much power is contained in our sun, and then we were to multiply it by all the stars in the universe, and yet God has more power than all of that. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath. Of his mouth. And here's one of my favorites Jeremiah 32, verse 7. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. I'm going to say that again. Nothing, Lord, is too hard for you. That, that diagnosis, that challenge, that promotion, whatever it is standing against you or that you feel is standing against you right now, that has nothing against the power of God. Nothing is too hard. For God. Philippians 1 6 says, and this is Paul, an early church planter, he says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of Jesus Christ. That means God has power to change us as well. His power is stronger than our sin, stronger than our fear, and stronger than our failure. He knows all. And he is all loving. Scripture tells us that everything he does, he does in love for us. Now think of all of those characteristics together. His power, his brilliance, his wisdom, his faithfulness, and his love. And scripture tells us that he is constantly thinking of us. Psalm 139, 1-3 to says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. So that basically means, it's like this, this idea of, of going to the hidden depths of who we are. God knows every single part of us. That's how much he loves us. He knows us fully. And David goes on to say, You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. 
How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. What that means is there is nowhere you will go, nothing you will experience where God isn't right there with you. He goes before you. He stands behind you, ready to catch you when you fall. And he walks beside you as your comforter, your guide, and your closest friend. Hebrews 4.13 tells us nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. He knows us fully. He loves us deeply. He is perfect, attentive, merciful, patient, and true. He is sovereign over all creation, and he has the power and the wisdom to perfect everything that concerns us. He stands beside us as our closest friend, and he transforms us day by day into his masterpieces, as Ephesians 2.10 puts it, so that we can fulfill everything he created us to do. His role is to guide, to empower, to teach, to grow, and to equip us. Ours is to surrender, to trust. Remember, we, remember that phrase, trust and surrender, trust and surrender, and to keep walking. That is how we experience the filled to overflowing life that Jesus promised us in John 10, verse 10. It's through surrender. Surrender always feels terrifying in the moment, but it's our surest and quickest route to freedom. It's also how we experience our greatest strength and our clarity, but often surrender comes in degrees. So it begins when we entrust our salvation to Christ, but that's not where it stops. And for many of us, it's easier to trust our salvation to God, our eternal destination to God, than it is our day-to-day, than it is our agenda or our schedules or our dreams. But he wants to move us to a place of complete trust. And each day he gives us countless opportunities to surrender again and again. And as we do... As we surrender to him, our, cr- our trust grows because it might feel like a free fall in the moment, especially if, if he's calling us to surrender over something big. But then he catches us in the middle of our free fall. He comes through. And that's how we realize how sure and how strong and how faithful he is. I want to leave you with one more tool, something that has really encouraged me when I've been anxious or afraid. And it comes from a passage you might be familiar with, but I want to call your attention to one particular phrase. And it's Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, one of my favorite portions of this passage, it's that little parenthetical insert that says, with thanksgiving. There's such power when we're in the middle of, you know, we're crying out to God and our thoughts are spinning and we just hit pause. And we remind ourselves through prayers of thanksgiving of who God is, of his power, of his love, and of all the ways that he's come through for us in the past. And when my 
when my husband and I were first married, our marriage was such a mess. I had a lot of defense mechanisms. I I was carrying so much emotional baggage, and I had a huge fear of rejection. Our finances were a mess. I mean, you name it, it was a mess. And I would be crying out to God, and I'd be anxious, and I'm like, Lord, help my husband to love me and fix our marriage and fix our finances. But then one day, God brought my attention to this passage that I just read, most specifically to that little phrase, with thanksgiving. And I began to pray with thanksgiving in the middle of my anxious prayers when I was crying out to God. I would just hit pause and I would be like, Lord, thank you for my marriage. Thank you that you're working in my marriage. Thank you that you brought my husband and I to counseling. Whatever it was, I would just list all of these things. Thank you for my, that my husband provides for us. Thank you that he comes home every night. I would go through this long list. And as I did, my fears, my anxiety would decrease because all of my problems were put in proper perspective when I recognize that they were in God's hands, that the creator who formed entire galaxies by a mere command, who had that kind of power and wisdom, that he was strong enough and big enough to hold my life, my marriage, whatever it was in his hands as well. So I encourage you when you're feeling anxious and your thoughts are spinning, just hit pause and offer your request to God. Tell him how you feel. Ask him to help you out. But make sure to pause and thank him for all the ways that he's already shown up. I thank you for joining me for this episode. And if you are particularly struggling with fear, I encourage you to visit YouTube. I have a video. If you search Holy Loved in the YouTube search engine, you'll find it. And it's from the Becoming His Princess Bible study. It's Becoming His Princess Week Four, and it's on moving from fear to faith. So I hope that encourages you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe and I would love it if you would rate it. I would be really encouraged if you would share it with your friends, share it on social media, and hopefully it'll help you and your friends to really gain some tools that will help you move from fear to faith and really help you grow closer to Jesus Christ, the only one with the power to help us move from fear to faith because life is too short and we have far too much to do to live enslaved. So go in his power, go in the courage of a victorious child of God. Until next time, thanks. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Now in his shows, he would say, that Pat Boone, he's so religious. I shook hands with that boy the other day. My whole right side sobered up. <laughs> and, and I would repeat that in my act, and I said, you know, it did. And then I'd go ahead and sing my song. Pat Boone shares some of his incredible life story on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear conversations and devotionals from the artists of the church. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com, worshipleader.com, or your favorite podcast platform.